0: good evening guys classic opening right there went right to the graphic but we're live (laughs) uh dogs had a good night um and uh, we've got a lot of plays to break down we got some stats graham how was your weekend
1: it was good man it was good watched a lot of football um
0: spent a lot of time today
1: going back through the game and some stuff that georgia needs to improve on some stuff that's exciting and different and encouraging but uh All in all, just happy that it's fall and, you know, smoked pork shoulder yesterday, had some barbecue, watched Georgia beat South Carolina. I can't complain.
0: Nice. Uh, So with that, let's just – I'm going to throw some of my uh, metrics up here. And um, you can see that the offense had a good night, 7.2 yards per play, Uh, even you know, 6.1, which is a super stout rush. Um, And I know a lot of people are concerned about – the the o-line performance but they got going on there and had lots of big big runs several a couple for touchdowns eight point yard eight point one yards per play passing um and you know 47 percent success rate it's pretty good against a a, a quality opponent I, I think we saw that actually south carolina may have been a better opponent than uh, alabama birmingham um and they still manage a high success rate um and a uh Pretty good uh, EPA of four point uh, point four one seven. I mean, that's that's elite level against uh, against a elite opponent. Um, and then, any, anything you want to add on that before I throw the defense up there?
1: Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think we saw. There's still a lot of things in the O line play that need to be fixed, but we did see. Some some better gaps get opened up, and when those gaps got opened up, the running backs definitely took advantage of it. There was some nice creases at times.
0: Yeah. Uh, on to that defense, um, they allowed four point six yards per play, which is uh, you know several of that were on chunk plays. Uh, look at that rush though, twenty five percent success rate. I mean, both pass and rush. The overall success rate allowed by the defense was twenty three point eight. That's that's beyond elite. Stout. That's, yeah. That, and again. A negative overall epa uh and i believe there may be only one other team in in uh, fbs that has a negative epa allowed on defense uh and a, just a 3.0 yards per play rushing allowed with a super low explosive rating of 0. 0.391 uh if you look down there in the bottom right you can see the pass explosiveness was pretty high um but again we've talked about it a bunch you know that's that's the Explosive rating is taking out your bad plays and only counting your good ones. There weren't a lot of good plays on the passing, but they were big plays. And uh, Josh Van had a huge night and a, couple, a touchdown and um, with the first def- uh, touchdown allowed by the Georgia defense, in fact. Uh, so that don't be alarmed too much at that passive explosive rating. But, yeah, they gave up some plays. And I know that's a little concerning, but we're going to get into that uh, here shortly. Um And uh, so, overall, yeah, it's elite defense, and the offense is going to get better with with, uh, more games and more reps. Yeah, man. No,
1: I'm with you. I mean, I think if you're a Georgia fan, and we'll get into some, obviously, some big takeaways as we go through the film here, but things are trending in the right direction, right? Like, things are starting to get cleaned up in certain areas that looked a little rough against Clemson. Um, The defense, like, the way they've been playing – it's almost impossible like for them to improve statistically over what they did the first two weeks of the season. But a little bit of regression is not anything to be alarmed about, especially uh, I don't think we filter out for garbage time. And some of those, some of those second half plays that were chunk plays were definitely with second and third stringers in the game.
0: Yeah. um, Georgia has not cracked the top 15 in the yards per play offensively, but they're getting there. Um, they're, I think they're probably between fifteen and twenty. But look at that Missouri team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about it uh, after the second week that Georgia's um, schedule got a little more exciting with uh, with Arkansas getting better, and I think Missouri is putting up some pretty pretty good offensive numbers. So uh, just Kentucky on, as well, yeah, Kentucky, look at Kentucky right there. Kentucky uh, had a interesting game against Chattanooga, but still they're putting up. That's a different offense. We're not. It's a totally different offense from the last three or four years in Kentucky. Yeah. But, you know, this is obviously what we want to see here, the defensive yards per play. Georgia slipped down a little bit in this in this metric, but, again, it's a 3.8 yards per play allowed is pretty stout. Um, look at Syracuse up in there. They're, look at uh, Texas Tech, man. The, yeah. The school that can never play defense historically. And that Arkansas team we just talked about. And then Kentucky's playing good defense as well. I mean, they've got a good uh, veteran team there. Um, and we talked a little bit. We, I know we're going to get into place, but I want to throw one this one last thing. You know, we talked about last week where my little adjustment uh, for opponents. And if we look at that uh, for this week, this is in, through the games, uh, week three games, you can see Georgia uh, judging by um, uh, you know, adjusting for opponents. Georgia is number one in that defi- uh, net yards per play. And look at that Arkansas. Uh, and again, we've seen this, these Kentucky, Syracuse, these, and, Carolina, you know they had a terrible first game, uh, but they they were they're going to be a factor in the um, in the ACC for sure. Yeah, yeah, they will. They
1: looked a lot. I mean, they put up 59 points on Virginia last night. Yeah, like, that that's not a team that usually has a, a soft defense. I mean, Virginia has limitations in terms of athletes, but uh, they usually are pretty assignment sound. And North Carolina, like just. I think they put up about 24 points a quarter in the second half for 21 points. It was crazy.
0: Okay. You want to get into the plays?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with offense. And, um, you know, we've got about 30 plays for you guys tonight on O and about 15 on D. So right here off the bat, I love Monkin starting it out. We talked in the preview show about, Brock Bowers being a mismatch on all linebackers, but particularly South Carolina's linebackers and brings them in motion, gets them matched up on number 30, Damani Stanley there. And I just, I, I really like what Todd Monken is doing with Brock Bowers. He's such a chess piece and he's moving them all over the board, creating mismatches. Um, and Bowers continues to impress with his route, running his hands and his blocking ability. We're going to throw him some kudos for that as we get a little deeper in here. Um, so next play is just literally the next play of the game. Um, first run play of the night. And we're going to see – oh, wait, no, that's not the next play. Oh, yeah, uh, shit. here we go. Here's the next play. Okay, yeah, so we get a good push here uh, by the O-line. Like this was nice to see right off the bat things looking a little bit more cohesive. Um, no complaints here. I mean, everybody's moving their guys back a few yards from the line of scrimmage, working kind of behind uh Warren McClendon there, your left tackle up at the top of the screen. So not a huge gain, but just from a push standpoint, I thought it was a good, good tone setter for Georgia to try and come out and kind of show that they can move these guys around a little bit. And then uh here is a really interesting play. So we've talked a lot about struggles in downfield blocking from wide receivers. And so Mankin's answer to that is I'm going to put two tight ends out there that I know can block on this swing pass. And they both do their job. And it's a nice little 8, 10-yard game for Kenny McIntosh. I think it's creative. I like what he's doing with McIntosh. He's finding good ways to use them in the passing game and the running game. Um, Plus, I think there's a lot of things Georgia could do later in the season once they put that on tape a couple times from a play action standpoint and getting those tight ends working on some go routes so keep an eye on that um
0: sorry i gotta find it here this is i hate when it does this it puts my my stuff out of order what's the next play uh Uh, it's five five four 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 all right i don't have four can you skip to five i missed four okay
1: so yeah this uh Okay, this is right. This is the right play. All right, so yeah, before the game, Cam Smith, we talked about him being the most talented DB in South Carolina's secondary, and if McConkie can beat him on this type of route, then that's a big sign for for Georgia going forward because that means he's going to beat a lot of the guys he faces going forward. Smith is a good DB, and great ball placement by JT over by the sidelines. Hits him in stride. That's the type of play where if he – underthrows that and puts it behind him. It's an easy pick going the other way. So liked that. Um, And then we can keep rolling here. So this is some good O-line play. We got Schaefer and Sawyer pulling from the left side and both do their job really well. McClendon gives a nice chip. This is a nice reverse angle here. You see McClendon work up to the linebacker. You see Schaefer kind of get pushed into the guy by Sawyer. He sort of guides him. Sawyer puts that seal on it. And six points and the longest run play of the year for Georgia. So, nice, explosive run.
0: I love to see Cook run between the tackles. He hits the right hole and, and hit it and hit it hard and for a touchdown. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, Cook played really well. I think he played as well as anybody uh, on the team last night. And just his maturity in terms of reading blocks and holes and being patient, I think – a year or two ago, we would have seen him get the ball, take off at full speed and maybe not give Schaefer and Sawyer quite enough time to pull into those blocks. But uh, it was beautiful, beautiful job by everybody.
0: All right, You got clip 13 next?
1: I do. Yeah. So we got McClendon, Erickson, and Fitzpatrick all missing their blocks here. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, like these are all reach blocks where they got to be able to, to get out to their guys and nobody, nobody like seals up and gets on the outside shoulder of of their man. And it's just a bad look all the way around. Um, So you see Fitzpatrick running behind the play there, like, Oh shit, I messed up. But uh, those are the type of things that, that are still happening really. Like, and I mean, no one plays a perfect football game. Right. But like, these are really clear, obvious ways where, this team can get a lot better. And, like, if, if they start hitting on 70% or 80% of those, this offense turns into, like, yeah 2019 LSU or, you know, 2018 Bama. Uh, like, just a, an absolute machine. Like, what you're seeing the Chiefs do to the Ravens right now. Like, just there's too many weapons. There's too many things that can go – at any point in time. And it's going to be impossible to defend and they could put up 40 on anybody. I'd be like even the best teams in the country and they could put up 60 on everybody else. So. All right. Next
0: next play 14.
1: Yeah. So we saw two levels concepts uh, on that first, on the first couple drives and uh, you know, here we see another time, another levels concept with, with Mitchell Just uh, he's going to work in here and sit down and just good kind of option route-based offense like we've talked about where the receiver and the quarterback read the secondary. And for a freshman, Mitchell is doing a really beautiful job of knowing when to sit down in space and let JT find him. And he did it a few times last night. We'll see him again more going forward. So here we go. This is a really nicely designed play. JT does a great job delaying pump faking we got a tunnel screen to bowers and schaefer just botches this block and you see 54 here coming pulling coming downfield and he just doesn't put a hat on anybody um you see erickson there get on number one but if schaefer touches that man that's going to turn into probably an explosive with brock bowers speed so does this, you know, little things that can be big things if if you fix them. Um, so, yeah, I love this here. It's just you're not covering Brock Bowers with the linebacker ever. You, you can't do it. That's 30 again. Same guy they picked on the first drive. That was clearly a priority for them going into the game was to get Brow- Bowers ma- matched up on him, and they did a nice job of doing that. And then, uh, yeah, basically – you know we've seen all these levels kind of concepts with in routes and out routes you know we we see this out route to to Bowers here so like mockin is kind of setting the secondary up with these these routes breaking in into the middle of the field and out towards the sidelines and then finally he comes with the kill shot here and goes goes all verts and the DBs are ready for an in route or an out route. And so Burton just gives them a little bit of hesitation. And all of a sudden there's, you know, four yards, five yards of separation. So just, I think Monkin called a really beautiful game last night. And these types of plays where you have guys running wide open. And a lot of times you hear commentators like dismiss them and be like, Oh, well, you know, they had guys running wide open. How hard can it be? And it's like, well, there's guys running wide open for a reason. It's because the, the offensive coordinator, you know, set this up and made a bunch of chess moves to put the pieces in position for, for checkmate. And there's your checkmate.
0: Nice. All right. Give me your next play here. Cause these are a little uh, 27. I've got it. 27. Here it comes.
1: So we got Erickson at right guard here. Better job by him. I thought uh, number 50, Gets a good seal there that allows that run to break open. So just, you know, I'm I'm going to give him some hell tonight. Same with with Schaefer, the other guard. But uh, also got to give him some kudos when he does a good job and he did a good job there. So on this next play, we're going to see Erickson. 35. He's going to – Yep, 35. He's going to mess up the pull here. And because of that, you know, he pulls around from the right guard spot and he just never – never touches anybody, never blocks anybody. If you're pulling and you're not blocking anybody, then A, you're just in the way. But uh, B, like it's probably probably not going to end well, and that didn't end well for Georgia. And yeah, then, that's anyway. – all
0: right, next play. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're nope, good. Nope, 36.
1: 36, yeah. So here, both Schaefer and Erickson, uh, I, this is a deep shot, I believe, that we have set up. And both of them are just going to get absolutely blown by, by their men. And it's the, you know, I think it's the only sack that Georgia gave up on the night, but it's, it's ugly. I mean, you know, uh, Sawyer has to block that guy on the end there. That's his responsibility. So uh, moving forward, we've got, Oh, yeah, this is – I wanted to give kudos for Bowers here because he does a really good job blocking. This play came back because of the Justin Robinson block in the back,
0: which – Yeah, that um, was a terrible call. I
1: didn't think it was a terrible call. I thought he was
0: – did you think – you didn't think he touched him? Uh, he touched him, but I just don't think that was a uh, – were we on 44? Was that 44? Yeah, okay. A, that was 44. I, I mean, I'm not going to show the replay on here. I, I thought it was – I didn't think it was a – I mean, he got on him and then he pulled off of him before it affected the play, but... yeah, Well, I'll say this.
1: He's been called for a clip or a hold in all three games so far, and my fear for him is that that reputation is going to start following him, and refs are going to call it, even if it's not a clip or a hold, and maybe that's what happened there, but um, that's something he's got to figure out a little bit and clean up, so... uh, Yeah, 47. This is just a little quick kind of stick route to Kiaris on, on third down. And this is a I just nice think catch it's, yeah, it was a nice catch. Really nice route. Like it's huge having him back. He knows where the sticks are. His route running is very precise. And him and JT have shown a good chemistry ever since he came in the lineup. So exciting to see him getting healthier. And, uh, yeah, and also good pass protection by uh, Bowers there on the left side of the line. He does a nice job holding off the, the linebacker, number three that's coming in. So next we've got uh, 48, and this is going to be a little play-action fake, and, and Kendall just uh, doesn't see the delayed blitz come there. A little bit of an overthrow or high throw by JT, but he kind of had to throw that before Bowers hit the break. And those are the type of plays where, you know, if Milton's able to pick that up, Bowers is matched up again on a linebacker in the middle of the field. Uh, there's one safety there, but, like, that's, you know, that's at least a 15-, 20-yard play, if not more. So. All right. And then we got clip 50. 50. And this is – I'm just really impressed with A.D. Mitchell, man. I mean, we knew on G-Day that he was going to be making an impact early and that he could make some plays. But his route running is just super advanced for a true freshman. And, you know, we kind of talked earlier about him knowing where to sit down and turn on some of these routes. But, like, he stops on a dime right there. And you can tell that Jake's trusts him because he throws that ball before Mitchell even hits it. Uh, So exciting just to know that we've got him for at least another two seasons after this and seeing the chemistry that's there with him and Daniels already. I expect a lot more big plays out of him this season.
0: And 55?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then again, more AD Mitchell. Uh, This is just a bomb, but like (laughs) he just burns this dude. Beautiful throw by Daniels. Um, Like this is it, right? This is what we talked about for nine months is is JT Daniels deep ball mechanics going to look better once his back knee is healthy some people said yes some people said no some people said let's wait and see I think we can say with confidence now that he is hitting these guys in stride those balls are not dying out that's because he's not having to you know throw basically from his torso he's pushing off his back foot because his back foot is attached to a healthy right knee so that is huge like that just it opens up everything the vertical passing game for georgia is fully here and alive and well and uh it it's different than anything that we've seen in the kirby smart era and then uh this is just the reverse angle of that play Uh, oh sweet sorry no that's good Um, and then okay so club 63 this is what happens when this offense gets a push up front so Great work on the right side by Erickson, McClendon, and Fitz. And you've got guys like James Cook where if you just give them a little bit of, of room and, you know, a little bit of blocking, they're quick and swift and, and they're going to turn it into 20-yard pops really, really quick. So, again, thought Cook played really, really well last night. And then, yeah, this is a is
0: 66. Uh, 60. That's the 60. Oh, this is area. defense. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be. I think I missed 66. Sorry.
1: Okay. All good. Uh, so let's go to the second half clip three. Second half clip three. Boom. Ha Nice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Killing it. So this is another good chuck run, chunk run. And again, a situation where Schaefer probably could have done a little bit of a better job there off the left side, but he did enough. Right. And he didn't get called for holding. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, man. Like the, if you just raise the level a couple notches, um, things really start to open up. If this run game is, is hitting chunk
0: plays like this, Georgia, Georgia, Yeah, it's that's possible, defend. Yeah, that's Amir right there. That's all him. I mean, he It is. It is. It is. Yeah. He saw he saw it and he, the, his good vision and he he just hit, hit the only hole that was there and he hit it for 15-20 yards. So yeah, he kind of hit that uh that
1: linebacker with like the old DeAndre Swift dead leg cut. Yeah, but probably, um
0: second half clip 4 for the touchdown. Yep.
1: Yeah, and good work here. I thought OL came out with a little bit like at the start of both halves they were pretty clean and everyone does their job here uh Fitz just kind of does just enough on that guy but that's enough is enough right and yes. you give zeus a little crease and it's six points
0: i'm not sure they teach that uh as a, as a good skill i'm not sure yeah he got Instead a little of just bit a
1: yeah. I mean, he just kind of sat down and said, all right, uh, I'm going to become an immovable object. It was a smart play by him. Truthfully.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt. No. Uh, and it went for six. So it's hard to complain about six.
1: Yeah. And then we've got uh, clip 15. Yep. Here we go. So this is, I just, it was nice. seeing Rose me. Um, he's struggled a little bit since coming back from the injury the first few weeks, he struggled with some, some details and some blocking type things and, uh, Here he runs a really nice route, does good work after the catch. Like he's still very explosive and he's still coming back. And I think, you know, A.D. Mitchell and McConkie and some of these guys are stepping up, but let's not write off Marcus because there's a lot of talent in him and excited to see kind of how he looks over the next couple months as he continues to gain his form back. And we got 16. Yeah. So, Milton's been stuck with some bad blocking so far this year. Like, straight up, he just hasn't gotten a ton of help, but uh, he got some decent blocking here, and just, if you give this dude, like, five yards to get ahead of steam, he just absolutely crushes people. Like, he separated Landon Xander's shoulder, put him out for the season here. He truck sticks this dude like he's Bill Bates in 1980. So,
0: this is my one of my favorite plays of the game right here, 19.
1: Yeah, so this was a really – I mean, good job using Cook as a weapon, but Bowers is really savvy here because he sets a little pick without setting a pick. I don't know if you notice it, but you see it really well in the reverse angle. Like he doesn't do anything that's going to get him an OPI, but he basically
0: makes it so there's no way Cook's not going to score a touchdown. Yeah, but, he took, took out two guys and 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 Cook waltzes in.
1: Yeah, and I think you know using these backs, especially Cook and Macintosh in the passing game, in these little flat routes, just strains the defense a lot. And I'm glad to see us doing more of it. And I think we could even incorporate more. Like, uh, I'll I'll get into it in a second. Um, so yeah, clip 28. We've got Broderick Jones in at left tackle and he's doing a really good job getting a seal on the left side there and that opens this uh this run up so he's uh he's 59
0: and look at cook on that block on the wider on the uh yeah i mean our our you know running backs did some good blocking last night they did
1: no the running backs are are special man they're all doing a good job right now um
0: and, and then uh,
1: next drive, we've got Broderick Jones in it, right tackle. And he's looking good. Um, that's him, 59. But the reason – oh, and then the last play is 39. And I just want to give kudos to Jermaine Burton here because I gave him a hard time after the Clemson game. But he does a nice job here on this little – Screenplay to Macintosh. He, he makes a really nice block that allows that to go for a first down on third down. So props to him because clearly he's been in the film room after the first couple of weeks. And so before we move into the defense, like I think we're seeing some of these things that we've, we've talked about since Clemson get to clean up a little bit, but uh, blocking grades like this team right now. And I'm just going to say it. I don't like saying it. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody's child or anything like that, but guard play is holding this team back right now. And Schaefer and Erickson are struggling. Uh, and I think that seeing what Broderick Jones did at the end of that game, I know it was the end of the game, but he was still in with the rest of the first team in the line, playing against South Carolina's starters. Like if you can get him in as the left tackle – or the right tackle, whatever they want. But if you can put them in the game as a tackle and bring Sawyer back to that left guard spot and then decide, I don't care which one, Schaefer, or Erickson, whoever they think is the best choice. But if you can get one of those guys off the field, it makes a huge difference. Because right now, if you look at Georgia's rushing charts and you look at their rush by direction for last night. So last night, if they went off right tackle, they just had one run off right tackle, but it was – for 15 yards when they went off the right edge. So basically they had a tight end blocking off the right side. Seven carries for 79 yards, 11.3 yards per attempt. Left edge, five carries, 32 yards, 6.4 yards in attempt. Left tackle, 5 yards in attempt. Then you go in the middle. Once you start bumping into the guards and getting in the middle, it's 4 yards per an attempt, 2 yards per an attempt. You know what I'm saying? So like Georgia right now really can't run up the middle with two guards that are weak. And if they can bring Sawyer into that left guard spot and, you know, Jones can hold down that left tackle spot, then all of a sudden you can do a lot of things kind of off the left side, but but still between the tackles. And it opens up split zone concepts and a lot more of those kind of bread and butter monk and run concepts that we saw last year and that we see all over college football so if that happens i think the ceiling raises a good bit for georgia as an offense and you still can do all these things outside the tackles from a run game standpoint but losing tate ratledge for the season was a big deal and yeah everyone was so high off of the clemson win that i don't think it got talked about that much but uh i think that you know, just looking at his blocking grades last night, you know, George's block grades, Van uh, Pran was number one, Sawyer was number two, Broderick Jones was number three. And then uh, Xavier Truss only got six snaps, but he did come in and play right guard and he was number four. So there's some solutions there potentially. And I think going against Vanderbilt is a really good time to try Uh, jones out at left tackle and and maybe even try trust at right guard and see what happens because if they can get those split zone kind of zone counter concepts going dude it's that's it like that's it georgia probably wins a national title if that happens
0: straight up wow i mean in addition to that i mean you've got to be able to run up the middle to get those third and twos and and you know or second and twos and you just got to be able to have that in in the offense you can't constantly be trying to, to run off edge uh you certainly you can for those plays but you got to run between the, the guards and uh like you said so and if we get it sorted out i mean i'd love to see trust get back in there i mean he played he we picked him apart after the peach bowl but uh you know he's a veteran so maybe maybe like you say you know everyone gets better with a, an off season so maybe trust gets in yeah. there and, come, and rises to the occasion
1: well, his body type may be a little better suited for guard, and you know he struggled with some of those speed rushers. But against tackles at guard, I think it may be a really nice spot for him. So, all
0: right, jumping into the D, jumping
1: into the D. Um, so yeah, we've got Amir Speed here. This is that first uh, clip nine.
0: Nope. Hang it's on. that. Yeah, I gotta find it. There it is.
1: First long pass play and. Uh, we talked about it in the free game, man. Like Georgia was gonna be watching Nolan running right, rolling right, short stuff, and there was a chance for them to get beat. And Josh Van is just good. And and this is a beautiful throw by Nolan. And he, you know, it's a dime. Sometimes you gotta tip your hat, but uh speed did speed and ringo both. You saw guys get behind them a little more than you'd like last night. And it'll be interesting to see kind of if that changes a little bit of how they play some of these wide receivers as they get into the sec schedule and then this is the very next play uh number 10 and what's really impressive is that speed comes straight into the backfield from that db position and makes a stop on harris very next play so kudos to him you know didn't stay in his head didn't sulk about it came in there bust one of the best running backs in the sec for a loss um Number 12. Yeah, we told you that Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith were going to feast with pass rushing against these tackles, and they did, man. And and impressive to see Adam Anderson at a point where he's bulked up enough to be able to just bull rush a tackle like that because we wouldn't have seen that from him a couple years ago. And, um, yeah. Then we've got number 19. So... Lewisine is just gonna absolutely fill this hole like a, you know, eight
0: year NFL Pro Bowler. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, it's just he, keeps, he shoots in there, dude.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> he chose violence. Um, <laughs> like it's unreal. And then yeah, Jordan Davis.
0: Right. There are 20 here. I'm, we go. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. Jordan Davis. What can we say? He's cat-like quickness at 3:30. Uh, I mean, just like, that's unfair, dude. I mean, like he's closing on a running back. Yeah. At 330 pounds. I mean, like I, I think he's probably the best athlete just like, just from a, an athletic standpoint that I've ever seen play for Georgia.
0: Um, here's the third one.
1: Yeah. So we see Walther get some pressure on this play, but he's totally unblocked. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh oh yeah that's it. that's the right play yeah just it's a first down but Jordan Davis again just like shoots right past the center off of off of the gap between him and the right or the left guard um he's just he's just incredible it's it's really something to see and so yeah 25 we've got Walther is going to get pressure he goes on block but i want to give kudos to Robert Beal 33 He's coming off the other edge, and he's just a guy that really hasn't gotten a ton of burn in his career, and all of a sudden he's out there as a linebacker, you know, bull rushing these tackles, creating disruptive plays, creating pressure. So I'm just happy for him. He's worked really hard. He's come a long way. And, yeah, uh, Walther again at the top of the screen, and he needs to do a better job of setting that edge right there. Uh, he's, he goes unblocked if it's snap and he kind of hesitates and he needs to just get upfield and then decide if he's going to go for the, the quarterback or the running back. But this is a good reverse angle on it. If he just comes upfield there
0: and forces
1: that play inside,
0: it will yeah. help. It was the third and seven right afterwards at the, Heck of a I mean, by who is yeah that?
1: heck of a, yeah that's that's Kendrick on coverage but uh, also Nickobe Dean the way that he times this blitz just it reminds me of Roquan man I mean like we haven't seen anybody that disguises their blitzes as well and times them as well and just gets there the way that he is right now since since Roquan and he's just also he's creating blitz opportunities when they're not called. If he recognizes that they're there and it's not going to, you know, he's not going to leave an assignment open elsewhere. He's just incredibly cerebral.
0: It's 39 here on your notes.
1: Yep. We got Channing Tindall, just incredible in pursuit. He's coming from the opposite linebacker position over to the far hash and chasing down an SEC running back from behind and making it look easy. He's really been impressive through the first few weeks, and he was really impressive again last night. And then uh, 41, two plays later, you see him come through here and make a really nice tackle. And I think for years, the knock on him was that he can't hold up in the run, right? And so, like, seeing him now as a fourth-year player, shedding those blocks and coming in and making – Making tackles on running backs between the tackles is exciting. And then that's the uh, – yeah, that's Jalen Carter, man. Jalen Carter's taking the leap. Like, it's 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 happening. He's kind of on the verge of being unblockable. He was penetrating from the edge. He was penetrating from, from D-tackle. There you've got your boy Devontae. I saw you shout that one out on Twitter earlier today. We've been – dude, we called Devontae Wyatt – Like we've, this has been a Devontae Wyatt podcast and video show (laughs) forever since we started. And finally, folks are starting to recognize that he's a beast.
0: Yeah. All right. And then we got a couple last two plays coming up, right? 62. Uh, 61, 68. I got 62. I hope you can talk about 62. Uh, Uh, That was 62. That was fine yeah yeah
1: and then 68 you have 68
0: yep it's coming up
1: yeah so there's um here it comes this is the safety and this is just it's this is why you swarm to the football right like great work by the defense everyone pursuing because one two you know it takes three and the third and fourth guy to keep him from from just being able to get over the goal line and and that's not a safety and the pursuit of this Georgia defense has been fantastic to watch. And they all fly to the football and they all they all come with an attitude when they get there. So
0: impressed I mean, with what they're doing. I mean, Jordan Davis is here and he just he just finds the ball. He, yeah. I mean, it's just he a almost stripped
1: him too, man. Like Davis reached around that right, right side. Um and then uh I think the last one I have is second half clip two. Uh, yeah. The interception by Kendrick and this is just what pressure and havoc does to an offense and it starts speeding everything up and even when guys aren't there you're throwing off your back foot and you're you're maybe moving too fast and things get overthrown, things get, you know, off off kilter in terms of timing and you got Darion Kendrick there to to snag it. It was nice to see him get an interception though. I, I think the way that he's played so far, uh, he's been great. He's been as good as any of us can expect. Whatever doubts there were about his tackling ability has been put to rest. And he, you know, I think deserved to, to have one bounce in his lap a little bit like it did. So,
0: Well, he had to go get it, too. That didn't just fall to him. That was a heads up. It kind of fell to him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one intercepts anything by
0: mistake, right? Dude, we just crammed through a lot of that game. <laughs> yeah a lot. take that sip of water uh, it was uh it was an exciting game i mean i think we saw a little bit of everything we certainly continued to see that defense just ball out and show out um and we got to see jt throw the ball downfield which we really hadn't seen yet uh this season um i guess i mean and it was exciting and uh you gotta let me is there anything you want to say on stetson bennett um i know you tweeted out sort of like you know just that's why you don't necessarily want to switch yeah, quarter, think, quarterbacks in in the middle of a of a good offensive run. But what would you, what, tell me your thoughts on that? I thought it was dumb.
1: Um, I mean, just to be frank, like I, I thought it was a poor decision and not not something you do when your offense has gone you know two for two on touchdown drives to to start the game. I think that Kirby Smart is. There's been times where Georgia has had a lack of competition in their quarterback room. And, you know, we saw that with Fromm in 2019 and that year was such a disaster. And it felt like a little bit of a a lack of competition maybe hurt his development. And so I think that Kirby is trying to create that in a healthy way. Cause I think that watching JT or I think watching Stetson Bennett go out and do what he did last week, had JT Daniels come out really sharp and prepared against South Carolina. So uh, the philosophy behind it, I don't necessarily agree with or disagree with, but I don't agree with the timing of it. That's my biggest thing. And I think it's great to throw Bennett a bone for what he did last week, but do it, you
0: know, in the third quarter when, when he was 35. It was was a lot of timing and, and, you know, we kind of saw, a little bit of that Stetson Bennett is like when that was a bad overthrow and it, you know, it did, it costs us three points defense rallied, but, um, yeah, it was, that was, that was peculiar. Yeah. And I mean, I,
1: I, I, if he's going to do it and try this kind of two quarterback system rotation type thing, like I guess do it against South Carolina or Vanderbilt. Don't, you know, don't be messing with it against like Auburn or Arkansas or Florida or something. But, uh, yeah man I think that like we probably won't see it again
0: considering the results <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right speaking of auburn they were uh, they were sort of like one of the most prolific offenses coming into that game having played just a couple of FCS schools um lo- I looked at their numbers a little bit they they actually did okay off you know offensively but the end of that game, you could see some of the pains that we used to have as Bobo called call that play. Is there anything else around the weekend that you want to talk about uh, that that jumped out at you? Uh, I, I mean, I, the Alabama game clearly is. Worth well, yeah. About.
1: You know, I'll say, you know, a, a goal line fade from the two <laughs> with the game on the line after timeout. Yeah, a moonball fade off of Bo Nix's arms was by far the most Mike Bobo shit I have ever experienced <laughs> in my life. Well, since, you know, the fullback screen on first and goal at the three in Columbia
0: <laughs> that
1: game. But, like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, have you seen Bo Nix throw a fade before? Like, oh. why would you? I mean, throwing a fade at the goal line is a terrible idea all the time,
0: <laughs>
1: percentage wise. But especially with Bo Nix. And, like, whoever – whatever random wide receiver Auburn has that's not – you know, like, I didn't see them run a 6'6 guy out there. So, yeah, it was a terrible idea. I think that – SEC StatCat posted some stuff that was interesting. Um, Just, you know, I I was listening to the radio today, uh, riding around, and, and, like, there was a lot of people on the radio, I feel like national commentators, like, well, you know, Auburn didn't win the game, but they kind of proved themselves in, in this way, and like they they look maybe better than people expected. And just go look at uh, SEC Stat cats Twitter feed because he posted a bunch of stuff on their running game, and just I mean they were they were getting like one point seven yards before the contact, contact. Yeah. 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 And so it, it just it wasn't as good as maybe a look to some people. I don't think Penn State's that good either, though. So who knows? It'll, you know, Georgia will play Auburn at some point and that'll kind of settle itself as they go through conference play. But just, man, Bo Nix is like, like, I almost feel bad for him, but I don't because, <laughs> no, because of some of the ways that he carries himself. But like, I, I think just in general, we haven't really had someone hit like him in the SEC since maybe like Bo Wallace, who like, just will like, you know, I feel like like the first two weeks if you're an Auburn fan, right? Like, it's like, dude, this is the year Bo Nix has got it rolling. He's looking great. He's carving up Akron, you know, 22 for 25, leading the country in passing efficiency. And then, like, dude, did you see that moonball he threw to Demetrius Robertson when he was yeah. running down the sideline wide open and D-Rob, like, couldn't even find it because it was so – At such a weird trajectory and launch angle. I don't know what he's doing, man. So, uh, it kind of, it's
0: kind of reminds me of 2019 when Georgia, was like leading the nation in seven point something yards per carry. And we'd come off of Vanderbilt and I think it was Nichols, Nichols state or whatever. And it's just like, you start to look at who you're playing and you realize that those numbers aren't real. And that's definitely, (laughs) definitely the case with Auburn and their opponents. And it's like, Come on, man. You know it's it's the same Bo Nicks, and uh, I I think that Auburn might be. Uh, I don't. You know, maybe they can rally. Maybe they can beat some teams, but I, I think they might be the fourth best team in the SEC West. at At, at the that might be their ceiling. Yeah, uh,
1: it, it gets more and more hilarious every week, though that that like Bow beat Alabama. <laughs> you know, like like if you go over the list of like quarterbacks that beat Saban, it's like cam newton uh johnny Manziel, like some first round draft picks in the nfl you know like you start going down the list and then it's like <laughs> and bonix like <laughs> and stephen garcia that one time
0: it's all just... right so speaking of alabama that was a it was an interesting game i think uh florida's offense is better than them certainly i think you and i expected it to be no, um it, you don't think no. so all right. Well, you, give your take, and then I'll I'll give you. No, I I mean like he, De, Emory just started out rough, uh, and you know, and then and then uh, inexplicably Alabama couldn't get any offense. I mean like the first three three and outs in a row since like 2017 or something like that. Oh um, wow! I
1: didn't hear that stat. That's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it was maybe it was 2018. It was a bit. It was a minute since they've had three straight three and outs and stuff, and and you know it was it was an ugly offense uh, if I if I may say that, um, but. Uh Emory made some plays and uh Alabama doesn't seem to be tackling uh, as good a tackling team as we've seen in the past. So um yeah, I think Alabama may not be as good as we expected and Florida maybe a little bit better, but what's your take after watching that game on Saturday?
1: Well, so I mean through through two games before that game, Florida was averaging 381 rush yards a game. Like before playing Bama. So I think we we all knew they were gonna come in there and try and run the ball, right? Like it it seemed pretty obvious that they were gonna try and run the ball, and that Emory Jones had not shown he was comfortable throwing the ball deep. So you were gonna see a lot of like slant patterns and in breaking routes. And and he he made a couple of nice throws. There was one really nice throw he made on like a stop fade to the sideline and a third down situation. So I don't wanna like hate on him. But what I noticed during that game was that Uh, Florida dominated Alabama on the line of scrimmage on both sides, right? I mean, particularly with their offensive line, they pushed Alabama's D line around. But even when Florida was given Emory Jones five, six, and seven seconds at times to throw the ball, none of their wide receivers could get open. Yeah. Yeah. It's either they're not getting open or he's not reading it or he doesn't trust himself to throw it. But something is broken in their – vertical passing game. Like there's that offense is a 180 difference between what it was with Kyle Trask last year and, and Pitts and Tony and all those guys bombing downfield. So what I think personally is like, I thought that Florida had a good run game. I thought that Emory Jones was a good game manager quarterback who doesn't have a ton of arm talent or doesn't have great wide receivers. I'm not sure which yet, to be honest. And I think that that's still the case, right? Like what was shocking to me about that game was that you and me and my dad and, you know, anyone in the world who watches college football knew that Florida was going to run the exact game plan that they ran and Alabama couldn't stop it or did nothing to stop it. So like, I, I think I tweeted yesterday, it's like I finally understand the Pete Golding hate a little bit because, like, if I'm an Alabama fan and I'm looking at what they've recruited and I'm looking at the state of that defense, like, they just looked so poorly coached at times. Um, third, Third and ten from their own one-yard line and their safety absolutely, like, overruns the mess out of a – a short little slant route where all he has to do is just make a tackle and they're punting from their five. And then they go on a 99 yard drive. You know, it's like they, those little things swing big games like that. Um I was impressed with Florida's resolve to come back from 21 to three down. And I think they deserve credit for it. Like they played a very good football game, but I just to be truthful, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Florida. I know everyone's going to think that I am, but the reality is like, I, thought that Florida looked about like the Florida football team that, that I've thought they were through the first couple of weeks of the season. Alabama looks like a much worse football team than I think any of us thought they were. And I think they have major issues in the secondary in the linebacking core and on both lines of scrimmage. And if they don't get that cleaned up,
0: I think Ole Miss could beat them in two weeks. Yeah. And uh, so yeah and a and m too. uh and I mean they are M,
1: arkansas i mean yeah, you know it's... lsu is a mess right now but they have enough talent to beat anybody any day like I, it's just i think this is gonna be an adventurous year for alabama fans um and you know i will remind everybody though that alabama's linebackers and safeties sucked against Ole miss in week three or four of the season last year and then they and, they shut it then, down yeah, they turned it on. So if anyone's going to coach them up and fix it, it's it's saving. But uh, I also thought that Bill O'Brien kind of didn't call a very good game. Um, their offensive coordinator. And I think that just in general, like, on the list of people I don't want around my football program that's been humming along successfully for a decade and a half, Bill O'Brien is, like, somewhere near the top five. And I just wonder if, like, that hires – gonna look kind of bad in hindsight at some point but at the same time Saban has made hiring Butch Jones look fashionable same with Lane Kiffin same with Steve Sarkeesian when he was coming off a lot of personal issues so like he's earned the benefit of the doubt 100 but I think yeah like if I was a Florida fan waking up this morning and I went back and looked at that game and you know realized that we outrushed Alabama four to one and and lost, like, I would be despondent, man, just because I don't know that, that you get a better shot than that to take down a number one team, you know?
0: Yeah, it was – you get them at home and you've got things going and, yeah, you just couldn't, couldn't close a deal. I mean, uh, they
1: outgained them 439 to 324. And – Ran eight more plays than them. Had four less penalties than Alabama. That one turnover was was huge, though. Yeah.
0: All right, we're we're at fifty two. We gotta we gotta get out of here. Save some. One thing. A... One more thing. I'll say yeah.
1: though is just that uh, I think that watching that game yesterday, um, Georgia matches up really well with what Florida wants to do. Just because like Georgia's got the front seven that's going to force them to to throw the ball. And if they can do it, you know, if 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 Emory Jones and those wide receivers can go out there and beat one-on-one coverage consistently down the field against you, then you just te- you tip your hat to them and say good job. I just don't think they can.
0: All right, we got a few more weeks before we did get into that, but I'm. Just, it's always on. It uh, the cocktail party is always on our minds. Graham, there's always job. a cocktail party in my house. <laughs> Graham, good job, man. Um, thank oh. you guys for watching. If you're still with us. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube and the Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we've got FTMF hats in stock at, at dogstats.com. We've got stickers uh, in stock. We are uh, we are cranking out stuff. We're cranking out product. We're cranking out material. Graham, thank you, buddy. And uh, we'll be back later this week with some picks and uh, a little bit of a preview of the Vandy game. Uh, thank with you. All right. With that. Go dogs. Go dogs.